Kiss me, fat boy. 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 Warning: The following podcast contains explicit content and language, and may be inappropriate for some viewers and younger viewers. There is also things that could be triggering for some individuals, so please proceed with caution. Spoiler warning, this podcast is full of spoilers for the named work of this podcast, plus cross-references to the Stephen King universe. We are not affiliated with Mr. King on any level or any way or any of the entities that uh, release his works on various platforms, and the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the sponsors. They're just opinions of those who state it. Okay, so today we're here. Serena's here with Looch. Say hey, Looch. Hello. It's been a while since we had a Looch podcast, I think. Um, Anyway, so we're together to talk about Salem's Lot. Now, Salem's Lot was one of the first, I think, I need to try to remember, but I believe the first book I ever listened to of Stephen King was Maybe the stand. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what order I did it in, but I think the stand was one of the first. I know it was in the top, and Salem's Lot was one of the early ones I listened to because I had read Bram Stoker Stoker's Dracula, and I thought, well, this is interesting. Um, I'm not a big fan of this whole Nosferatu-looking vampire. I find it really, like, gross and disgusting, but I do think that Stephen King is the gross and disgusting guy, so that would probably be the reason why he would choose that kind of, you know, weird-looking vampire. European? (laughs) No, you know, like, the bald, the weirdness is, like, the baldness. He doesn't look human. He looks like, basically, like a bat with the long fingernails, and he's got the bald head, and he's got the pointy, like... the fangs are, like, so long that he can't even close his mouth. You know, the old school, you know that yeah. Nosferatu movie? Yeah, the, uh, um, That's how he's depicted, how the that is. And that's, and honestly, Bram Stoker, Stoker, is Stoker? Stoker, right? Bram Stoker's um, Dracula is gross, too. He's not romantic. He's not, you know, all that stuff they added to, like, the Keanu Reeves version right. of the movie was all something else, you know? This was, I mean, he was gross. Do you think and, it's because of his age? Of whose yeah. age? Like the, the the vampire's age. If he had been, you know, because he's like 500 years old. Let's say he was only 50 years old. Do you think he'd be better looking? Or do you think over the time he got more and more grotesque? I think that he's like. Because none of the ones he turned are grotesque. Not yet. They're the same thing. So, so I'm saying it's. I thought maybe the he's the master thing. monster. Hmm. Do you think he's the master monster? Or do you think someone. did he? I think he might have alluded that someone turned him. Or is he like. The original. Because, you know, with Dracula, and Stephen King talks about, this is, you know, Dracula was one of, you know, something I read as I was young. And I was inspired by this story of Dracula to write this. So, my thought was is that in the same um, vein as Dracula, that this guy's the original monster and he can Isn't create Dracula many monsters. Dracula based on, like, Ivan the Terrible or something? Or the, yeah. The, uh, he was a count of Dracula? Uh you know, in the in the movie, they actually impaled people and did yeah, Vlad, Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, I think that it wasn't Ivan the Terrible; it was Vlad the Impaler. But 
I don't think um, all the stuff that's in the original Dracula book, that's not all in there. He's just um, presented as an old man who's rich and lives in, um, he does, he lives in Transylvania. He gets this, um, what's the name of the guy? John, um, he gets John to come, I think it was John is the name of that character. Was he a writer or something? He was an accountant or some kind of lawyer. I think he was an estate planner, so I think he was a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was buying property for him or something. Yeah, he was he was settling up his estate and his bond property for him in America to make his uh, transport to America. So um, he had all these little minions and different things, but he could appear normal because when you met him, he was an old man. But the real revelation is the monster. So I'm just thinking that that is the same vein that Stephen King was going for, this gross, disgusting. Because you think if there was really vampires and they had to be fed all the time, they would just drink all the blood. It'd be gross and disgusting. And I think they would just, like, leave, like, disgusting, like, blood baths everywhere they go, you know? They yeah, wouldn't be. To, you know, like, it's hard to cover it up. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, I mean, it's like if you, you know, uh, if you see an animal, you know, hit on the road, there, you know, there's blood yeah. all over the place. There's no way to hide it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, how much do we eat every day as humans and how much garbage landfills are full yeah. of all the the stuff we didn't, you know, the byproduct of what we've eaten and didn't eat, like the chicken bones and blah, blah, blah. So my point is is that if people, if they were going out and drinking as much blood as they need to survive, let's say like one human a day, that just wouldn't be, I mean, that would be so hard to cover up. Yeah. But anyway, so Stephen King wrote this book in 1975, 439 pages, and he it was uh, published right before Halloween, so he had the right idea, you know. And they did like a two-part um, movie series back in the day, um, in, I think in 79. And then they came back and I think they did Return to Salem's Lot, which is not, I don't think there's a book based on that. I think they just carried on the, the theme. And then, um, which I haven't seen the movie yet. And then there's a 2004 television miniseries, which is on my list. It has Rob Lowe in it. He plays the main guy. So um, the plot is basically Ben Mears. He's a writer, and he's returned to Jerusalem's Lot. The story, they talk about the old story about Jerusalem's Lot was the old story of how it was named, and they just call it Salem's Lot. They drop it to Salem's Lot. Right. And, it was Jerus- and Salem was um, Jerusalem's Lot. Wasn't that like a story about a pig? Yeah. It was some weird story about a pig, a real mean pig that would attack anybody that came around. And his name was Jerusalem. And then over time, they dropped it to Salem's lot. So it's in Maine, and it's um, when Ben comes back, he's from this Salem's lot originally. And he returns because he's got writer's block. But when he was a kid, there's like the the, um, tell-and-tell haunted house that everybody has in their neighborhood or their town. So, um, as a kid, he went into this house. It had been owned by a gangster, and the gangster had um, it had a lot of death and bloodiness and horrible, bad, you know, just bad stories that actually really happened. Plus, it got built up um, by the local kids. So, he went up to the, the attic, and when he went up to the attic, he saw something. And the whole time through the whole movie, it was alluding to this, and they finally revealed it. And I thought it was kind of a letdown, but I understood 
that it was like a ghost, the ghost of um, the Marston house, right. Hubie Marston. So he saw Hubie Marston kind of like in a demonic almost form. I felt like he saw the demon of the house. Like, well, in the book he saw him hung. Yeah, he saw him hung, but he saw him like talking or moving, didn't he? I don't know. I think he saw. I think he saw him hung, and he looked at him or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was well, something yeah, the, interaction. It was yeah. obviously a ghost. Right. It wasn't like a real thing or a psychic vision. But the thing was, is that later on, it's revealed that he wasn't just a gangster, and a lot of people got killed because you know organized crime is obviously full of murders and stuff. But he was actually doing um, like satanic rituals, and he was doing this through the. This is obviously the spoiler because this is revealed at the end, but um, Kurt Barlow is the Austrian immigrant that comes. Well, what basically happens is he had been corresponding with um, Hubie for years and years and years and teaching him all this like dark magic and things that would right. basically create the rich. yeah and create the pathway. He was setting him up. He created the pathway so he could actually take spiritual dominion. It was really weird. It's almost like he had to get. Right. To a place that was evil enough to hold him, so he had gotten Hubie to do all these things. Do you think Hubie was a willing servant, or do you think uh, he was being fooled by? Uh, I think that he was. Um, you know, his demise was coming. I think he was technically. I think he technically wanted this relationship. He was wasn't he a pervert too? Yeah, it seemed like he was some kind of weird perversion thing going on. So basically, and then they had to kill children and stuff. It had to be really specific. And so, um, and I, they might have done the th- other things to the children. I just remember that it was like really bad. And so I think that he was, he got his money, like you said, he became rich and got what he wanted from the relationship. But he probably, I don't think he realized that that guy was going to use him kind of like in the manner of now I can be there. Right. I don't think he understood that, but he could have because I think he was a servant and he was willing. Right. Because like, there's no way he could have had influence over him through the letters. Right. And then, you know, his partner, uh, Stryker, Stroker. Yeah. He, uh, he was Stryker. willing. Yeah, he was willing. Uh, and he probably wasn't, uh, I mean, he was probably willing to die for him, but at the same time, uh, he wasn't supposed to die. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It was like, it was a, uh, it was a blow to uh, to the vampire yeah. to, have, uh, to have his partner die. Now, Hubie was there during the Depression, and this is so. That was in the 30s, and he um, ended his life. And then, of course, that's when, you know, all the kids would go up there and see it was kind of like a dare. And that haunted, um, that haunted Ben, and he just couldn't get over it. He couldn't stop thinking about it. So he takes, he comes to town, he takes a room in an inn, Kind of like in the old days when people still just rented out rooms, you know, in a house. Kind of like a bed and breakfast type of thing. Didn't he want to rent the house, but it was already being Yes, he went to, he tried to um, rent the house. He wanted to, uh, he wanted to. Because he's writing a book. um, He's writing a book on the town and and that whole, that house and everything. But the problem is, is that he's scared of it. And I think a part of him wants to write this to be free of his fear. And another part of him is just interested in it. Right. But he does end up taking a room that with a window facing the house. And he watches right. and he notices things like lots going on and stuff. And that's when he finds out that um, Mr. Barlow 
and Mr. Straker have borrow, have bought the house right. and set up home there. Um, they had made it seem like they were going to like have it all repaired and everything like that. They were antique dealers in the town, and so they set up shop there first and made it seem like they were not at the house except to fix it. Straker is still human. He's a familiar, which is basically like the, the um, servant. Right. And he is very, um, he's just as creepy as Mr. Barlow. But yeah. I don't think Mr. Barlow can hide his, do you remember if he ever appeared looking normal? I don't think because he was like revealed at the well, end as I mean, the monster. He, he didn't appear much because he, he could only come out at night. Yeah. He was kind of uh, limited in that sense. That's why Yeah. So when they get in town, so Danny comes up dead first, and then Ralphie is... Um, Traumatized to the point. Yeah, because they were outside running in the woods, and one of them got hypnotized by Mr. Barlow. Okay, so to clarify, Ralphie comes up missing. They never find him. I think they find his body in the basement when they finally do go into that house. But they just I guess they just drained him. But for some reason, not everybody gets turned. That's like a vamp- common vampire lore. Not everybody gets turned or whatever. I don't know if there's a different reason for it or if they just like bled him out or if he didn't bite him. I don't know. Danny ends up getting turned to a vampire. He comes to the window trying to talk to different kid. different kid. Remember that? Yeah. Which is a famous scene in the old movie of him sitting there. But um, it starts out, there's like a lot of ways, like the grave digger, he got mesmerized by mm. the child and he ends up getting turned. The um, junkyard man was noticing all the rats were coming up missing. And then uh, Mr. Bar- Mr. Barlow appears to him and he ends up getting turned. And then... Um, it's everybody gets turned in this whole town slowly but surely, okay? Who's Barlow? Did I say Barlow? Is that yeah. not his name? No, Barlow's the name of the vampire. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Barlow, sh- sh- he showed up. Remember he shows up saying, you're misunderstood. Oh, but I thought you, you said Talking about turned, the junkyard. I thought you, uh, you said turn Barlow. Oh, no, turn by Barlow. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the, you remember that big moment where he's like, come to me, son, to the junkyard guy? And then uh, um, another thing... There's a story about a mom who's really abusive to her child, and I hated that story. Yeah. And, um... She would, she would like, to, what would she do, pinch him or something? She, was be- she would beat him. Yeah, because he, 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 he wouldn't stop crying. She'd beat him and shake him. And she ended up, the baby ended up getting turned by mm-hmm. um, Danny, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Danny ends up, you know, because he can just, he's an easy prey, so he, because you have to be invited in the house, and the kid had probably been invited before or something like that. Anyway, so he ends up turning the baby to a vampire, and the baby um, is like breastfeeding or whatever, and he like bites her and kills her. So everybody, in different ways, slowly but surely become become vampires. And um, all this is going on uh, while Ben is trying to work out his book but then all this starts happening and he meets susan she's a local girl and they fall in love and of course susan ends up getting turned at the end kind of like the uh, the carrot on the stick for him you know yep. but he had no purpose of he just wanted to control everybody he had no purpose he didn't want anything out of these people right. i think his uh, servant was the only one he cared about um not like an emotional way but he was useful to him right. and so now, this, there's a Father Callahan. Now, there's a child named Mark, 
And Mark is the one that that the famous scene of the vampire kid coming to the window. That's Mark. He was bugging him because they were friends. And um, he just knew not to let him in. But he went to the... He was scared to tell his parents. He didn't think they'd believe him, what was going on. So he went to his priest, which is Father Callahan. And they um, tried to explain to Mark's parents that the danger that's going on, but they do not believe it. And they end up getting killed by um, all this, like, comes to a head where basically the whole town's a vampire set for a few holdouts. And Ben and Mark and Father Callahan are, like, the last ones standing. Now, what were you about to say about Mark? Oh, I, I like the fact that Mark is, uh, like, the leader, believe it or not, even though he's the kid. Yeah. He's the leader of knowledge. He knows about vampires because he, he reads books, and the books are actually, or the magazines or, yeah. the, you know, uh, comic books or whatever, are actually accurate, which is yeah. which is kind of insane in any other world. Like, if we, if we, if we actually believed in ghosts, let's say... All our knowledge would be based on movies and books that we've read. Yeah. We wouldn't actually know about ghosts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So imagine if what we thought about ghosts from movies and books was actually true. Yeah. We actually met a ghost or whatever. That's so funny because like that's the like the premise for Lost Boys. So that's like, that's. I wonder if they got inspired by this. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And then also, uh, well, I mean, remember uh, the, the show Walking Dead? They didn't use the word zombies. Because it wasn't in their world. They yeah. never heard of the term zombies. Oh, I didn't know that. So they call them Walking Dead or they okay. call them Walkers. Or they call them all kinds of different names. But the word zombie never shows up ever in any oh, of their... Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So whereas if we saw a Walking Dead, we wouldn't say Walking Dead. We'd say, there's a zombie. Right. Because we're, that's our, you know, we're conditioned in that. So what's interesting, like I said, about Mark is that all his knowledge of vampires is absolutely true. You know, yeah. it's it's actually true. So it's kind of interesting, and I think the uh, doesn't Barlow correct them on certain things, like what can actually kill them or something. Yeah, he does. He does, which is a common theme in the all these movies. Are like this doesn't work. So that's a real common theme. You know, like I think he said, didn't he say he could be in the sunlight or something, or, or that it weakened him or something? I can't yeah, it didn't remember. Kill him, but it weakened him or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so um, there's basically a showdown where everybody gets killed. Um, he comes after to punish Mark. He kills his parents, and you know they kind of killed themselves because they wouldn't leave town when he asked them. Um, the priest ends up having a standoff with um, one of their friends. Right? What was the name of that friend? Um, it was. Let's see. Which one of the guy in the hospital, Matt, or no? Okay, so um, Mark holds up a plastic cross to his friend's face, and then he fl- and he's unable to uh, get turned by uh, Danny. So basically, um, it all kind of comes down to the last few people standing. So Ben and Susan are still standing at that time, but in the very end, she does get taken. Um, Matt. And then the doctor, Jimmy Cody, and then Father Callahan, who is an alcoholic, and he's resisting. Um, he's trying to be sober. The whole point was he was drunk this whole time, but when it finally came down to it, he's like, I've been drunk and not paying attention to my parishioners, and look what has happened. So he's, try- he's he diligently being sober. Of course, it's not easy just to stop being an alcoholic. So there's a teacher, you said? 
Yeah, that became that became that was, friends with uh, Ben. That was Matt, right? Yeah, Matt. And then he became friends with with Ben, and Ben is you know the writer that's going through all this. And then um, there's Father Callahan, and then Jimmy is the doctor. Right. So I'm trying to get all these characters in my mind. So basically, and, and they knew each other. Ben and Jimmy knew each other from yeah, childhood. Yeah, yeah. And so, he actually believed him when he told him about vampires, which yeah. is weird for a medical doctor to believe in vampires. Yeah. But he couldn't really disprove it based on the evidence that he had seen. He had seen all these people, uh, you know, these, these the strange occurrences happening. And he yeah. kind of had an idea that something was going on, but he, you know. Do you think in the 70s people would have been more open to vampires than, say, 2023? <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if we're starting to revert, though, if more people believe in just uh, crazier things. Because, you know, the further you go back, like if you go back 200 years, superstition's huge. Yes. You know, and as, as more uh, science proves stuff, you know, where the location of the sun is and flat earth and all that stuff starts going by the wayside, we get more, more and more cynical of crazy ideas. Yeah. But the more the, the internet now, it seems like there's more flat earthers now than there's ever been. Yeah. There's more people that don't believe we landed on the moon. Uh, there's more people that uh, believe in Bigfoot and, uh, you know, other things. Yeah, now. skinwalkers is a big one right, right now. So it's like, I think the internet has caused us to be more superstitious than we than we have been. Yeah. So in the 70s, yes. But now it seems like we've gone back. Yeah, it's like 80s. So in the 70s, yes. In the 90s, no. Yeah, 90s, 80s, 90s. We were doing good in 2000s and when internet became really part, you know, we can't live without it now. I think that now we believe anything. I mean, even the government says there's UFOs now, so that's yeah. just sparking even more stuff. Because Let's not even go there. <laughs> yeah, because it's just so it's like uh, we can't get away from it. Yeah. So um, okay. So I think they go to his they go to his antique shop and and um, try to catch him, but nobody's there. And then they um, they go to his house, and um, they couldn't find him in the beginning. And then they, you see, like you said, they set a tr- they had um, they were wanting to hide and find him, but he was hiding in somebody's house. Is that right? Right. They were looking for him at different different places where yeah. he could possibly be. And he had booby trapped the basement that he was in because it was like a basement that had like a hole in the wall, so it was like a hidden kind of like a hidden passage. You know, and um, so he they went down there and he had booby trapped the stairs and the stairs fall, yeah, fell and they yeah, couldn't get when, up. When, uh, yeah, there were missing stairs or something. Yeah. So it was completely dark. They couldn't turn the lights on. Yeah, because the whole so, town had gone so black. So when Jimmy went down first, he fell through this, you know, the missing stairs and was impaled by a, by a bunch of large nails or something. Yes. And so that gave Matt a heart attack. <laughs> yes. So Or stroke. It was, was a heart attack. Was it a heart attack? Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, so he was out of the picture from then on, um, and then Jimmy was was gone, dead. Um, yeah. That leaves Father Callahan and Ben and Mark, the child. Right, and with Father Callahan, he confronted Barlow with because uh, remember, uh, I think the uh, the kid Mark had killed. He got lucky and killed Striker. Striker? Striker? Striker. Striker. With an A. Yeah, yeah, Striker. He killed Striker 
by well, it was it was luck and uh, because this guy knew what he was doing. Yeah, you know what I mean. But he caught him unawares and was able to kill him. Uh, but the um, the vampire was not happy about that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um, Father Callahan, he negotiates a release. Doesn't he of of the boy because he's got the boy? Yeah, because he said, "Wouldn't you rather have be a man of?" Because he was like making fun of him, saying, "You don't even believe in the cross, so it's not why it's not working for you." Right. And he's like, "Wouldn't you rather have me kind of like a fallen man of God? I'm a better prize, or whatever, something like that." Right. He and so he does swat, switch off and go. But what happens to Father Callahan? Doesn't he get bit and he's almost like a hybrid? He drinks the blood. He makes That's him right. drink the blood. Oh, yeah, and, the Holy Communion. He, he becomes, he's mocking the Holy yeah, Communion. And he becomes uh, unclean. Yes. Because then he tries to get back into the church and he's zapped or whatever. Yeah, he, he can't even go to the church. Can't. So he actually disappears, leaves town, which makes it, which is interesting, too, because the others don't know this. They yeah. didn't realize that he just took off and abandoned them. Yeah. They think he's a hero, but he's actually, you know, kind of weasel. And you think, up. where does he go? And the answer is he shows up in a parallel dimension during the Gunslinger series, the Dark Tower right. series. Right. He shows back up. Shows back up. And I'm like, that's why you have to read Salem's Lot in order to get in with the Dark Tower. That's um, if you want to understand the Dark Tower series. Um, yeah, so at the and end. that's why he didn't write the sequel either, because Stephen King was going to write a sequel to Salem's Lot, but he said he kind of covered it with uh, with the Dark Tower series. Yeah. So that's why there was no sequel. Well, there was a movie, but I guess they did that on their own, Return to right. Salem's Lot. Right. I haven't seen either one. I'm going to watch it, but I haven't seen either one. But yeah, um, I think, and it was like so tragic that Susan got turned at the end, but it is what it is. And at the very, very end, they do leave town. And I thought it was interesting because in the beginning of the book, it starts with them like present day and then the the rest of the book's a flashback and it's funny how the man and the child are like in mexico and they're away from everything and it's talking about how much they love each other and it's just like i always thought that was an interesting thing they've been through so much that they all they are all that each other had you know it wasn't anything inappropriate either it was just like he was now his father figure and his best friend is uh, mark goes to confession or he to absolve himself or whatever, and the priest actually believes him. Oh yeah, Mexico. Yeah. yeah, and the the um, I'm assuming that the return to Salem's Lot is them two returning to kill the rest of the vampires. Because yeah, did they the, kill? Oh, they the, killed. They killed Barlow. Yeah, but I'm saying the rest of the town. But they left when they left. They didn't kill everybody. Yeah, so the whole town's full. They, but supposedly. They, I don't know. I'm, I'm I thought they were trying it. to go through killing everybody at Didn't the they end. Throw, start the place on fire. Or something? Yeah, they did something to kind of like make sure they could would have to go out in daytime or something, like burn their houses. They got rid of all the dark places, maybe. Yeah, all the, all the places you can hide, I guess. Yeah, but I'm not sure because they said, wasn't it something about they needed to return to finish the job or something? Yeah. So and that's why he decided not to uh, write a sequel, but the book. I mean, the movie decided to return and do that. So we can watch it because it's based on it and see where it goes. But overall, um, I found this book was pretty good. It was it was easy to get through. It sucked that everybody got di- they got killed and turned to vampires. But honestly, that's a vampire story. Everybody becomes vampires. Right. And um, I definitely think you should uh, read this one because it's part of the Dark Tower series. 
is um, one of the backstories for one of their main characters. So, anyway, I think that's basically all I have for this today. It was a um, simple, straightforward story. It was sad seeing, I think the most disturbing images were of, you know, the child being in the coffin, and then he opens the coffin because he can't stop thinking about it, the guy, the grave digger, and he's beautiful and perfectly preserved, and that was just disturbing. I think the, the the mother beating her baby was disturbing. That was the yes. I'm talking about the vampire imagery, <laughs> vampire. but yeah, I hated that, and I I really hated that that baby got a rough, uh, basically the rough time because not only was his mother continuously beating him, um, and his father looking the other way, but also he ends up getting turned against his will because he can't run away as a baby. Yeah, as to into a vampire, and then. He did bite his mother, but is that really revenge? I don't think so. The baby is stuck no. in a little baby body the rest Even of his life. Even if the mother was good to him, he was still bitter. So. Yeah, that's right. So that was that was horrible. But you know that things like that happen. I mean, there's a reason why they have shaken baby syndrome because you know that's what they do. So anyway, all right. Well, that's the end of this podcast. We're going to check out there's uh, the original movie, and then there's a uh, the Return of Salem's Lot. We'll check those out, and then we'll also try to check out the um, Rob Lowe miniseries. So, um, all right. Say bye, Looch. Bye. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, I'm so excited to announce that I finally got my uh, crapola together and I'm starting to do my other podcast, which is called No One Wants to Read My Book. This will be me reading basically one of my unpublished or self-published books. So check it out and see why no one wants to read my books, okay? Thanks, bye.